A lot of people ask me that, like, you're going to work with your wife. Uh, I don't think my hesitations were ever around that. I think they were around leaving the corporate world. But I do remember walking in and seeing Tori behind the bar. You were wearing a hat. It was a bit of a weird hat, but it was hot. That's right. Um, and I, I, I thought straight away, I quite like that bartender. You're listening to The Peaches Podcast, a show by Tori Clapham and myself, Beck Chidiak. This is not a show about fitness. This is a collection of stories and conversations with some of the most inspiring people we know. This is The Peaches Podcast. Well, 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 Christopher, look what we have here today. I'm nervous. <laughs> so great to You're see you, You're both sitting across the table from me like it's an interview. It's an interrogation. Technically, this is your podcast as well, um, but it kind of feels like it's ours. It's ours. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not mine. It's all yours. It wouldn't you be possible without You just do all the him. annoying things. That we don't have to deal yeah. with. Like, like bring it to life. Like make it actually go on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. one. Um, well, I'm really excited about today and I think our followers are just, or listeners are Surely just- Surely not. <laughs> are just as excited, but you guys are a power couple. <laughs> no, you are. I honestly think that you guys are such an incredible couple. Um, you're very open about your relationship and the love that you share for each other, which is so beautiful to see. Um, and today we're just going to dive deep into- what it is actually like to work with your partner. Um, you guys have been together for 10 years, married for three, four, four, four yeah. years. Tori, four and a half. Tori will say seven or something, but it's four. <laughs> um, so, and now you've been business, but we've been, well, the three of us are business partners. So Chris now has two wives mm. and I have two husbands or a fiance and a husband. Um, so things are... Are pretty cool in the in the headquarters here. <laughs> cool, that's one way of saying it. Um, but before we get started, you are our guest on your own podcast today. Yes. So our tradition of beverage before the podcast is today's drink is a Laguna Matata sour ale from the Moon Dog Craft Brewery. One two. Ooh. Oh, you gotta it's love good. that. It's good. It's refreshing. You yes. like it on this. Oh, whoops, muggy day. Don't mind me, I just whacked my microphone with the mm. beer. Oh, it's good, isn't it? That's Beck, good. Beck didn't want anything alcoholic because she's old now and has been hungover <laughs> since Friday or Saturday. <laughs> it's currently Wednesday. <laughs> true, true. But this was your idea for the podcast, so you really wanted to make the most of it. True. The drink yep. of choice yep. for every guest. And I really like that. This is a good like. It's good, isn't it? I've on, been I've been drinking quite a lot of them like by the water in Clavelli or um, mm. whenever I take Harry for a swim. It's a great um, hangover cure. Like sometimes a beer can just be a little bit too too much, but um, I'm into it. All right. Good. Next. Is it the first drink you've liked? Because every other podcast I've had so far has been like, it's so sweet, I don't like this. Of course I'm going to like a beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is really good. Um, next tradition, pet peeve. But today I'm doing it a little bit different. I'm staying out of this peeve situation. And I want to know what peeves you about each other. So what does Tori do? That peeves you or a pet peeve of Tori. I have to start, do I? Yeah. <laughs> Go on, babe. Ladies first. It's a small one. Starting a conversation from the other end of the house. <laughs> so you're like in the kitchen and I'm in the ensuite bathroom at the very far end and I just hear like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. And I have to apparently leave the toilet to come to talk to you or just yell. It is, you know what? <laughs> I have noticed, and I'm sure other people will get this too, as I've gotten older, I find that I'm doing the things that my parents do that annoyed me. Like, my mum does that, and I'll be like, mum, I can't hear you. I simply cannot hear you if you try to talk to me from the other end of the house. <laughs> Yet here I am doing it to you. I think I do it back as well, but it's you fucking do. annoying when somebody else I think does it. It's a bathroom th thing. I always try and have a conversation while I'm in the shower with like the door half closed because <laughs> our shower's quite close to the, the lounge room. And Brett does the same. I'm like, I can't hear you. Just wait till I get out. But we still haven't learned seven years on. That's probably the second part of it is that I don't think I've ever done a poo without Tori coming into the bathroom. <laughs> 
she always just finds a reason to come in. And it's like, this it's is my five minutes. When If it was five minutes, I wouldn't find a need to come in. You're there playing your games and I need to brush my hair or I need to get something out of the bathroom. Um, and how so. does this make you feel, Tori? <laughs> <laughs> I've got no qualms with expressing my emotions. So um, anything else you want to get off your chest? <laughs> no, let's just leave it at two. <laughs> we don't want it to be the pet peeve episode. Um, look, Chris did remind me that all of my pet peeves, but also my MPFFA moments have been rela- <laughs> related to him on this podcast. Maybe this is like therapy for us. Um, Chris does a few things that annoy me, um, you know, naturally being my husband and love of my life. One of them is... Ooh. When it's his turn, which is basically every night, to clean up the dishes because I cook, he doesn't clean the element, like the stovetop. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's there not good. splashes of salt. It drives me crazy. And I have told him, honestly, so many times, yet he still refuses to do it. What's your excuse, baby? My excuse is that whilst you're an incredible chef, it looks like a bomb came through the window while you were cooking dinner most nights. And we never, like, we get takeaway once a week or whatever, but you cook everything from scratch every night and there's usually seven pots and, like, an experiment station on the right. She told me she just does everything through the thermomix. I'm really um, not that bad. You're so dramatic about it. Um, anyway, so if you could work on that, that'd be great. The rest of the kitchen spotless. Uh, oh, and you also miss the bench, let's be honest. Oh, and you leave the um, the cloth like we still talk- skanky. We've spoken about that. Yeah. The, the cloth. That's your mum that does that. Yes. Have you noticed the cloth is now dry since your mum's left? <laughs> <laughs> mum was living with us for um, over three months. Well, not actually living with us. She was staying across the road. But mum came down when Isabella was born and it was absolutely amazing having her to say that we did make fun of her, that she is an extraordinarily messy cook, like insane yeah. what she the, the mess she creates. Like I didn't realise how OCD I was until mum started cooking in my kitchen and I was like trying to tidy up after her. Um, anyway, we could all air our grievances mm. all day long. Is there anything else? What had about Beck? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Reply to an email once in a while, mate. <laughs> Is that even in my job description? No, I didn't I don't think, see I it. I think really. we removed it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we don't have any. You're good. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty nah, damn perfect. Just my response time's pretty slow. <laughs> but anyway, this isn't about me. This is about you guys. Um, so on the, I think it was the first episode, Tori briefly spoke about um, how you guys first met. But I want to hear Chris's version on how you guys first met. I think she was pretty accurate from my point of view i do remember i definitely remember the first gig that we walked into my band was so weird boob studio with brendan noakes just like none of us really necessarily wanted the gigs we were getting but brendan just made them happen and the bars we played at really probably didn't want us (laughs) to be playing there but he made it happen particularly in this case no you guys were actually very good yeah we were were good people loved boob studio for sure um and we were, we were good. Like, the guys were really good musicians. Um, but I do remember walking in and seeing Tori behind the bar. You were wearing a hat. It's a bit of a weird hat, but it was hot. Um, and I, I, I thought straight away, I quite like that bartender. Um, but then maybe that's why I was aloof and weird because I don't think we really spoke for the next <laughs> several months. You told me it was because you were shy. Yeah, I'm very shy. you had shy. a crush on me. You are not a shy person. (laughs) (laughs) You're anything but shy. I think it was pretty accurate, though. Like, we kind of just almost avoided each other for a few – we played there for months, didn't we, Mm. I think? And then it was the second birthday of the bar, and I remember meeting Hayley. Um, You, like, introduced me to your friend before anything had even happened. That's my very tall and beautiful and intimidating best friend um, who used to, like, um, almost – what's that word when you, like – like scout someone like well she gave me this look of like what the fuck is this like <laughs> who do you think you are just being in here were you waiting for Haley's approval to no i never did but she would should always let me know what she thought i'm still and what waiting did for she her. think oh, she liked him she actually said the day after you because like this is quite funny we <laughs> Haley and i hooked up with our 
like long-term partners on the first night. Like we all hooked up on the first night. Does that make sense? We all had our first hookup on the, the same, same time. night. That's what I mean to say. It was a foursome. Yes. Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and then the next day when you left, um, Hayley like got into bed with me um, and I just want to just like a um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Disclaimer, we didn't have sex but you did like come and stay the night and so did Danny. And um, – when you left, she like jumped into bed with me and was like, I actually reckon that's one of the hottest guys you've ever hooked up with. One of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you got the tick of approval for sure. Yeah, but then we were, so we, we met, we, we hung out in the bar, we played quite a few times. The second birthday of Small Bar was when it all went down. You like to say that when you saw me come down the stairs, you knew you were in. Yeah. Do I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you remember telling me that story? I remember it. No. Because I was like, shit, I really need to work on my like playing it cool so apparently i walked down the stairs so i we the bar was like three levels so i'd you know be running up and down stairs and we'd invited them to come to the second birthday and i had decided that i'd quite like to kiss him and decided yep i'm gonna do it with this guy i love and, how you do things um, tonight, tonight we kiss i was like yep that's <laughs> and you have no choice sure. in no. <laughs> of course he didn't i was gonna i think i forced the issue and um I walked down the stairs carrying a case of beer and he said, when you saw me, my, like, expression gave it all away. I, like, suddenly got this huge smile on my face and my eyes lit up and you like, I'm in. <laughs> Don't you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that, actually. Why did you – how did you force the situation? I think I said something like, I'd quite like to kiss you or something lame. Oh, God. Because um, wow. where did we go after? We went to Bungalow 8 or something after the party. All the cool Sydney spots. One of those hot Sydney spots. It was a mess. We were, and I was absolutely trolleyed. Um, <laughs> and it was just, but it was, you know, that's how people had their first kisses. Back yeah, man. That's how, yeah, yeah you love. met. Yeah. My first kiss with Brett was in a, um, in a bowl at the skate park after we stole a bike <laughs> outside the pub. <laughs> that's how you did it back then. Yeah. No online dating. Um, so I think we'll fast forward a little bit into. Um, how we're going to dive deeper into the working situation. But, Chris, tell us a little bit about your professional career prior to Peaches. Sure. So I was in um, – uh, well, after uni, I ended up in a market research role, of all things, and, and worked there for – at a place called Celsius Research um, for I was there about nearly five years. Always wanted to kind of be in marketing, so that was the first job I could get out of uni and I stayed there longer than I expected and worked with some really cool clients and people. Um, but then was lucky enough to get a job at Virgin Australia in the marketing team um, and spent another three or four years there. Um, and You then guys it, had some fun while you were working. We, that Virgin. was a really cool time because I got staff travel and Tori was a, a travel writer for MTV. So we kind of got some really good perks travelling for free pretty much, and reviewing places for free. LA was cool. It was a good trip. Um, but, yeah, so I spent uh, at least, I don't know, 10 years in the kind of corporate marketing world. Um, don't think I ever really loved it. Like I worked at really cool companies with really cool people. I don't think I ever loved the work. Marketing is like one of those things that you fantasize about at uni and that sort of age. And then when you get into it, it's pretty much just sending emails to people and organizing things um like most jobs are really like my current job is um <laughs> but at least i love the people again <laughs> um so yeah um i, I liked it but I, I don't think i loved the work and i sort of never really knew where i was gonna try to get to even when i was eight or ten years in um it was just kind of more marketing don't really know where i'm going with this yeah well um, you and Tori went away for a big trip in 2018 um, and I had just opened the Marubra studio um, under a separate, like not a separate name. I was like, I licensed the name. So Tori and I weren't officially business partners. I was just licensing, licensing the name Peaches to use it as a studio in Marubra and you guys went away um, and Tori had a chance to really work I guess, on the business without being in the business. And you really got to see that side of what really sparks her, the real like in-depth 
of what Peaches is. Like mm. you saw the outskirts of it, you know, the, the you did see the community and how it made her feel and the work that's involved, but you really got to have a good insight to what makes Peaches Peaches. Um, and that's where... Well, I think until that point I saw her teach a shitload of Pilates classes and work on the business in other ways, but really she was just like a full, full-time Pilates instructor mm. and everything else was secondary because you barely had staff, you just taught all the time. And I thought when we were going on that trip that it would be very much like there's no Pilates to teach, so we left Beck, we left <laughs> Beck to do all that. I thought we'd just be on holidays, but it was very much a working holiday. And at this time, Tori and I had just released our first um, online program as well. The OG the, baby. The OG baby where we released six or seven videos for one single price. Um, that people, those were the days. Those were the days. And then we started selling travel packs. Um, and what kind of – at what stage during this trip when you're watching Tori and you're having conversations, obviously when you're traveling, you guys are away for eight months, so you got to spend a lot of time together. You've got a marketing background, so Tori would have been picking your brain about certain things and you've got no qualms in coming forward when you've got something to say or advice to give. At what point during that trip did you think, oh, like maybe I could not, you know, dip my finger? This I, is- I feel like it was really around Christmas. Um I think it built slowly over the time we were trapped. We were away for about eight months. But I remember Christmas because we did a sale. You were in Tulum as well. We were in Tulum and we spent like two months there just sitting in one place. And you remember we did that sale and poor Beck was like (laughs) running two studios and (laughs) packing a million packs. And I think it was like five times bigger than any month we'd ever done um, online. And I suddenly was like, oh, there's one, they need help. (laughs) (laughs) to like it's actually the whole thing's potentially got legs to pay multiple salaries not just you guys but maybe to pay my salary as well um i think that you helped me a lot on that trip because i was doing more things that you could help with which was Mm. as beck said working on the business and so we were doing a lot together anyway i was getting your opinion and you, you were kind of helping me with things and you were also slowly adding more structure which we definitely needed like the fact that you um say oh it was you know the best month um you ever did like beck and i did not have eyes on the finances in the same way um that we do now because (laughs) i'm much more attached to the doing um but you're really good at the planning and the forecasting um so i feel like it kind of naturally started to happen where you were helping me anyway and then as the trip started to come to a close um we we did start to talk a lot about what we wanted to do and I think both of us a had really enjoyed the time together like it was not an issue spending 24 hours a day together and b didn't really like the thought of you Mm. putting a suit back on and you know, being th- a bus wanker. Yeah, it, oh, <laughs> we it call definitely. <laughs> poor, poor people who catch buses. It's a great, it's from the in-betweeners. We were self-described. That's a great, great burn. Um, I definitely didn't want to go. I, I could see that. I was quite enjoying sitting on a beach in Tulum and not going, not working for the man. I think you also had a little bit of a, a vision. We're not there yet, but we're going to get there where you could probably see yourself being able to work from anywhere because all Mm. three of us are huge. Like we love to travel. We love to live our lives. We're fucking hard workers. Um, But, you know, the long-term goal is to be able to kind of kick back a little bit, even though we can't help ourselves. Um, And it's also, I think, while you guys were traveling, Tori and I are quite emotionally attached to the business. Like we didn't really keep an eye on the finances because that wasn't our main drive. Mm. Our main drive. Mm. Our main drive has never been the finances until Chris was like, girls, do, do you see this potential? We're like, really? I, I we think, sold a whole bunch. I, I, think <laughs> it was, out. I think it was before I even saw, saw potential. I remember asking Tori questions. I think that's where it kind of started. I was like, how many members do you have? I don't know. How much money did you make last week? I, I don't know. How much? Oh, I knew that like, I was making enough to cover my yeah, rent yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that, yeah. but you're, I was not a, like the nitty gritty. You're an exceptionally good businesswoman and entrepreneur and you're very creative but you had no interest in like no no attaching and like if no. i if i sell you know 10 percent more then what or or those sorts of things um so i just remember yeah you kind of 
didn't know the answer to my questions, which made me more curious. <laughs> and then I started, I think I started running like I'm reports sure and things. You did. Yeah, he, st- he got the old Excel out and I was like, oh, wow. And like Tori was asking done. me, how's Maruba going? And I'm like, I don't know, it's pretty busy. Heaps of wait lists. <laughs> <laughs> I can afford dinner. <laughs> um, and then it kind of, then the conversation started around the three of us. So mm. what was, where do we see Peaches going? Because again, I was still, Tori and I was sharing the online program Um and then I had Marubra and Tori had Bondi, but then it kind of was like, how can we make this? I remember we were in, um, we Isla were in. Mujeres? No, we're still in Tulum, I think. No, no, no. Before that, before we went to Greece, we were in, um, oh. what is wrong with me? Albania. Albania. I remember being in that Albanian hotel room and um, you were just killing it. And, you know, we already had shared a lot in terms of the online program and Peaches was very much, you know, set up under the umbrella of that brand. Um, sorry, Peaches Maruba was, you know, sitting under the the um, the overall Peaches umbrella. And I just said to Chris, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable coming home and having Beck um, not have like h- half of this entire pie like I feel like she is doing such an amazing job at building this brand and I don't think it's right for her to just be a licensee which is what you are before you're a franchisee there's a deal under the table Mm. yeah you literally (laughs) gave me cash for six months of licensing fees for the Maruba studio (laughs) we we used it on our trip um but I'd still be running everything on cash if it was for me (laughs) thanks but I just didn't feel I didn't feel comfortable and then as um, and I think I called you like when I was away and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like don't pay. Cause you were going to transfer me money. And I was That's like, don't right. transfer me. Like let, when we come back, we'll draw up some paperwork and yeah. we'll be business partners. And, um, then, you know, while we're away, um, it kind of just naturally formed that, that there would be three of us. Yeah. We had that call. We had a phone call that was mm. from Tulum. Yeah. And the three of us jump in a call and we're like, we're going to go equal thirds and we'll, um, this is how it'll be and we'll have a and company think, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At first I was like uncomfortable at the idea of like us putting in all equal shares because like Tori's like started it from the beginning. So she should put like less in and this and that. And then we just all ended up, I don't know. We figured it out. We figured it out mm. in the end. I don't even remember how it happened. Um, then we became business partners when you came back and Peaches mm. Pilates PTYLTD was formed. Um, were there any, when the whole process of this was starting to become official in terms of your relationship, like, was there any kind of hesitation to be like, you know, this is a big decision. You guys are married, you live together. Tori is very needy and must be touching Chris 24 Mm seven. And now, (laughs) now she's going to be your business partner. Were there any hesitations as to how that might affect your relationship or did you talk about boundaries initially or anything like that? I don't think we talked about boundaries. Um, I don't think my hesitations were around – a lot of people ask me that, like you're going to work with your wife. Uh, I don't think my hesitations were ever around that. I think they were around leaving the corporate world. Like I was the breadwinner. Um, and, guys, we didn't – We I think it was like for over two or close to three months, we didn't draw ourselves a wage, remember, because we put our yeah. money into the business. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think I was more nervous about – I mean, I remember we said we'd give it 12 months and then if it wasn't working, I'd just go get a job. Yeah, if um, we weren't able to like yeah. buy so groceries. I get, <laughs> uh, that was more my concern. I was never really worried about working with Tori, even though everybody I spoke to brought that up. Um, and it's funny because you say that, you say you'll put 12 months in and then walk away. But, of course, once you're 12 months invested in something emotionally, financially, everything else, it just wasn't an option. So, um, But it went well anyway. Yeah, exactly. We didn't have a need to. Yeah, yeah, we never really had concerns do. about that, did we? I mean, we've always been a couple, um, and not in a gross, annoying way. Like, not if you're at a party, we're not, like, standing there holding hands in the corner. If we go to a party, I barely see you. Yeah. Um, but we have always been a couple that does a lot together. Um, we've always taken long trips together. We, you know, little things like um, I would never eat dinner without you. We We have, like, very similar interests. So it wasn't it wasn't like this huge step up in terms of time spent together, particularly because we'd been away for mm-hmm. eight months. Nothing tests you more than travelling yeah. and seeing every. I did that with Brett for six or seven months, and um, yeah, we 
I think everyone needs to go away with their partner and travel, get sick, get gastro. I was about to say, um, we both went through gastro <laughs> in Jordan together and yeah. well, there's no toilets. Um, Nothing like either makes or breaks a couple than travelling for a really long period of time. Um, yeah, agree. So, yeah, so mm. then, yeah, you guys were fine with the whole... Oh, look, the whole thing's always scary because we did, we made those structural changes, right? Like we set up a company which we're all yeah. directors of and suddenly that starts to be difficult to unwind if you do decide not to, you know, um, continue with it. So I guess there were um, nervous moments, but I don't think I ever worried about working with tours. I never, I honestly, I mean, and I'm, as you guys know, I'm very trigger happy, Um so it's not out of character for me not to have worried about it, but I really genuinely had no concerns about working with you. It felt so right. Um, it really excited me because I love um, the the passion and and the the different perspective that you can bring to our business. Having some you male energy is the good. male energy. Oh. I say I had a lot of questions from people, not so much when it happened, but like you know once we we became open with our relationship <laughs> <laughs> that. Your, go, your, your business partner's husband and wife, like, oh, what's that like? Like, do you always feel like you're on the outer? I'm like, absolutely not. Oh, um, if anything, <laughs> it's you two. <laughs> Although how, we all how have are we going to convince Tori to do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or not to do this, A usually. A few side phone calls. You talk to her. No, you talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like, it, it doesn't, whenever you're in, envi- in an environment with both of you professionally, it doesn't feel like your husband and wife unless, you know, Tori's touching you or stroking you or... We do all the time. I really do save that for at home. I do like to give them a bit, sometimes a a cuddle and a kiss. A head wrap and a cuddle and kiss in the office. But honestly, other than that, it's just like business as usual. Um, We're good at disagreeing without arguing too. This is something I actually wanted to. um, We've never had a big fight. You've now, how long has it been since you've been working for Peaches? I think it's three years. Fuck. That's awesome. We've honestly never had a big fight about the business. You're our longest employee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those other ones. Do you know actually, what's really some funny? Of the casual girls probably been around longer. Than yeah, me. that's true. That's very true, actually. Um, speaking of Beck making the joke of Chris being an employee, it's really funny because um, Beck and I will always ask Chris before we make like a financial <laughs> decision, even though we're all equal business partners. And it's definitely not a gendered thing at all. Please do not make that mistake if you're listening. It's more to do with the fact that Beck and I are pretty chill and um, – We'll say yes to anything. We're, we're yes people. We see a little bit of money in the account and we're like, oh, that's fine. We can just like – if we need to buy this, that's okay. It's only this amount of dollars. I want to throw another event. Chris is like, how much will it be to throw the event? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll cover it with ticket sales. Um, How much will the tickets be? I don't know. This really comes down to you being the pumpkin smasher and Beck and I being the pumpkin throwers. Mm. And in a previous episode, we have discussed this concept, but if you didn't hear about it in our last episode, just to give you a quick recap, in every dynamic, in every relationship, there is a pumpkin thrower and there is a pumpkin smasher. The thrower aka me or Beck, uh, but although you, you do I a bit juggle. of both. You I do a bit of both. Pumpkins. I'm very much a thrower. I'm overly optimistic. I'm trigger happy. I want to do things. I'm throwing up the pumpkins. What about this? What about that? Chris is there with his baseball bat, smashing them down one by one. No, we can't do this. We shouldn't do that. Can't afford this. Um, occasionally he will let one fly. And then Beck's kind of in the middle, like either supporting my throw or backing Chris up with like an aluminium baseball bat. Be like, no. He said this. And then Chris turns around and will be like, you know what? I've thought about it. And I'm like, you fucking said. I backed you up so hard. And now it looks like I'm the pumpkin smash up. Yeah, that one happened recently. Yeah, that one happened yeah. recently. Oh, we don't. Shoot. Yeah, we don't need a photo. He had like a full blown meltdown. And I was like, oh my God, poor Chris. Because Chris is our, like, I call him our safety net. He's our. We call him our rock, which he is, like the business and, and life feels so safe, like in the hands of Chris. But then I get really protective because I'm like, he does so much for us. Because most mm-hmm. of the job that you have is like, you don't get the exciting stuff that we do. Like you don't. It's exciting to me. It's exciting. Answering all those emails and inquiries. <laughs> um, you don't get the exciting stuff. And then like when there's something that you don't want to do, I'm like, this is what I can do to protect him and make him feel good. Yeah, it's good to make sure that you don't get caught up in all the tedious parts of running the business and you get to take part in the fun stuff too. I think that's what really Beck is referring to. Like 
the face-to-face contact or even Mm. like the contact that we have online with our clients really is such a big driver for us. Although Chris does get that with, you know, things like we call them like a, like a love letter. Occasionally um, someone will write an email to us um, sort of covering, you know, the impact Peaches has had on their life and it feels so amazing. And Chris has been known to tear up when reading them, guys. So if I you cried everything. <laughs> you do. This is a big thing as well in terms of um, you coming to Peaches is that, that I think that letter is such a good um, gateway to this conversation is that you finally feel like that you're in a job that is making a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So this is something that's really driven you at Peaches. That's something I've said to you girls before. Like wherever I worked before, let's take Virgin as an example. The whole job is trying to convince people to fly to the same destination with Virgin instead of Qantas or Jetstar. That's that's it. That's yeah. really the end goal of the whole job. That's a poor way to look at it, but <laughs> like really, that's what you're doing. And if you're in, you know, any sort of marketing, you're just selling one product and there's other options. But running your own business in the kind of health and wellness space, the smiles you see when people leave studios, the the like you changed my life um, emails and messages we get. It's very different. It's really cool. It makes it worth coming in. Chris is um, really big on pep talks and he will often send an email or a, or a group chat message um, with just an inspiring kind of thought for the week or for the month and it always comes back to making the client feel loved and valued and what is that one chris has a quote above his computer which is all about going the extra mile oh it's um uh it's one i think it says one by one it may be a slog to you but it matters to them yes and it's a really nice little reminder when you're dealing with some imbecile (laughs) (laughs) as you're writing the email you're just looking up it matters to them it matters matters to them them. and they'll give us money keep going and it'll make their day but um yeah, I can't remember where I got that quote from, but some some marketing um, and that really mentor. is such a big part of our business. Like we have always been like we're not a fitness first. We will provide customer service above and beyond, and even if it's the hundredth time we've had to explain something that day, or or manually do something for someone who hasn't grasped, you know, the booking system. Um, Chris is the first to say. We need to provide that kind of service um, to make a difference, and it does. Yeah, well, it's why people come to small business as well. I mean, you know, there's there's bigger gyms with more things for less money, um, but people come to small businesses because of service and and and, heart. and community and heart. Um, yeah, for sure. Taking it back to our first lockdown, <clears throat> um, we didn't have an office. We were all working from home um, and we basically turned your two-bedroom apartment into an office, a storage facility. Um, We'd send out our packs from there. We would literally do everything from there. Mm. And this was kind of a turning point, not only in our business, but your relationship where it did get to a point where you're like, we can't operate like this anymore. Like Mm. I remember that there were really long conversations that we would have and like Tori would talk to me about it, you would talk to me about it, is that there was no switch off between going to work and going to bed and waking up because anybody out there who runs a small business or any business or has a job that requires them to be on 24-7, there is no switch off. And when you're a couple working in the same business, you're talking about work 24-7. How was that? It you, I mean, you put it perfectly. There was no switching off. Um, at, you know, our dining room table had like stacks of online program equipment packs. We'd be cooking dinner and talking about the business. After we finished dinner, we'd try and watch TV and then I'd get an Instagram message from a client and feel the need to reply. And then right before we'd go to bed, Chris would want to raise, a, you know, something yeah, he was, was concerned about. Oh, my God, you did it to me so many that times. And eventually I had to be like, you cannot do this Is to me anymore. Is he doing it anymore? No, he stopped. That's so nice. Chris would have something that would, like, be worrying, worrying him about the business and he would feel really good by offloading it. To me. It's like an emotional handball before bed. Yeah. You take And then on. he'd like get into bed and fall asleep soundly <laughs> and I'd lie there stiff as a board <laughs> trying to contemplate the problem. Um, so it's yeah. different we, when it's your business. Like you're both in it together. Like Brett and I both run our own businesses. 
But if he tells me something before bed about his business that's worried about me, he's worried about it, I'm like, well, you got to deal with that in the morning. Good night. <laughs> that's it. And, you know, it's actually one of the really cool things about working with your partner as well because there is never a lull in conversation. Chris and I could go anywhere at any time of the day and, you know, throw a bloody baby in the mix and there really is not enough time in the day for us to talk through all the things that we want to talk about. But it keeps the dynamic really fun and fresh and interesting. However... You have to put boundaries um, over work and home. And so we've started to tr- oh, look, we don't always do it perfectly, but we try to stop talking about work after dinner. We try to not talk about it before bed and we try to not talk about it first thing in the morning. Um, first thing in the morning, we haven't nailed yet. I think um, that's kind of everyone. That's you, true. You're waking up, especially when it's your business, it's like, what's the day going to bring? And, mm. you know, I talk about work to Brett and Brett talks about work to me first thing in the morning but it's sometimes Chris and I will have like a full yeah, conference meeting bit, while I'm breastfeeding we're not having a meeting <laughs> we're just being like I've got this this and this but the difference is is you're waking up and you could literally solve the problem yeah by we'll 7 make, a. Like, a decision yeah. message you to update you kind of yeah um, I, I like the office we're sitting in now is worth so much to Tori and I I think um particularly going back to what you were saying about that lockdown period we were tripping over equipment that was going out the next morning or you know there, there was just no like if we had a baby then as well there would have been nowhere to put the baby because the baby's <laughs> room was filled with equipment packs and stuff and it was just there was no separation it was like we just never stopped being in work because we were literally in it um and i think also as panic stations right like we there was no pandemic before that like it was flip the whole business online and just do everything we can so when someone messaged at nine o'clock at night you bloody replied because like we need the 20 bucks they might give us or Mm. or whatever it is so um yeah that was i don't think it was a hard time i think we've we've been really lucky to get through this last two years definitely challenging yeah yeah of course it was but um I think we've been pretty lucky through the two years just for having a great team and, um, and you know, you guys having the online program before that stuff started was huge because everybody we else pivoted. We just said sell – we just we started selling what we already had and focused on that and forgot about the studios for a while. So I think that such a big part of us coping with things like pandemics, closing our studios and making us, you know, redefine our business and us coping well with it um, is the three of us have a common personality trait, which is optimism and, you know, level moods. And I think if we'd had a business partner who was catastrophizing every day or coming in with like a fucking awful mood every single day, someone that we had to tiptoe around, it would be really difficult um so uh we're just happy to be here we're just happy to be here guys i think that everybody especially you know with peaches is is getting out there the name's getting out there um but there is a bit of a preconception about what small business looks like you know we're building an empire and all that kind of jazz but this year both of well all of us have had a baby (laughs) together um And I want the listeners to kind of get an insight to what really it looks like. Izzy's four months today. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Izzy. Um, quarter of a year. She's a quarter of a year. I want the listeners to hear what... Wait, she's a third of a year. <laughs> I'm the guy who looks after the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> what a typical day looks like. And when I say typical, I mean inverted commas. Typical because mm. there is no typical day with a baby. Um, what it looks like now, Tori's mum was here for three months, which really helped with being able to, you know, do everything. Um, but now it's just you two, no help at the moment. Um, what's that look like? Business partners, mom, dad, couple, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Um, we have a pretty good arrangement, which I've touched on previously in our first episode, which is there's kind of like a changing of the guard overnight and in the morning. So um, I look after Izzy overnight. When she gets up, I just breastfeed her and get her back to sleep. And Chris, you know, he generally will wake up when she wakes up. Sometimes he'll manage to stay asleep. But um, he doesn't have any obligation to do anything. And I really, you know, he'll, he'll often ask me, can I do anything? And I'll be like, no, no, go back to sleep. Um, because then um, in the morning after her final feed, which is usually between 5.30 and 6.30, um, I hand the baby over and I have 
zero guilt about catching some extra Zs myself, which means that Chris can not feel guilt about sleeping through the night. Chris takes Izzy for a couple of hours. Um, He goes on a long walk with our dog Harry and Izzy gets her morning nap in um, and they get home, I get up and then the kind of craziness begins and basically we (laughs) sort of pass Izzy back and forth. We definitely haven't nailed the middle of the day no, section. No, it's pretty chaotic. Izzy's currently strapped to the lovely Tia, who's our, our studio, studio manager, <laughs> and they're just walking around the block outside <laughs> while so we record could, this. So, so I think it's important that people can hear the reality behind it because yeah. I think like... She's not asleep in the corner. She is not a day sleeper. Like literally she has to be strapped to someone to yeah. sleep. I think, you know, the whole juggling with the baby, like we look like we've all got our shit together with our smiley babies on Instagram, but... It's a fucking shit fight out there when yeah, you are it, trying to do it all. I felt like I'd run a marathon just to get to the office this morning. It, it's, a, it's a very different story in question. Like what's it like working with your partner when you're, you don't have a baby? And then that was easy as. Yeah, it's it just pure. It's just time in the day, right? Yeah. Like, and, you know, like you said, you and Brett both run small businesses too. Um, um, but it. If anything, it's it, it feels like the business suffers. I think obviously you don't let the baby suffer or the relationship no. suffer. The, those are the priorities. But um, I don't think we do let the business suffer. But no. it it feels like you get to things slower and later. Often it means that like at nine p.m. last night, I was writing an EDM about this podcast because she doesn't sleep so well on the day. When I put her down for a nap, I will race to get things done. Yeah. But it. The windows are small and I really um, have caught myself a couple of times trying to do something while Izzy is in like a playful period, like whether I'm trying to reply to an Instagram DM or get a post out or do this. And I really don't want to do that um, too often because I really want to be present with her. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's just about taking those windows. And if there's ever anything important um, for me to do, like film a class or do the podcast, either Chris will take Izzy. My mum was taking Izzy when she was here. Chris's mum is starting to help out too. Um, I think she's going to be doing a lot of the podcast babysitting, which Mm. will be awesome. But it really now is about like finding – those tiny windows and getting shit done as quickly as you can. I think it also kind of teaches you to work a lot smart, a lot hard. No, wait, a lot smarter um, and not harder and just prioritize what's really important um, and what needs to get done. Yeah. And that's the thing for me, like you guys are the the talent, like you create everything. You create this podcast, you create the videos you often teach in studios. Um, Most of the things I do can wait, you know, they can be, um, scheduled ahead and that sort of stuff so um yeah we're not very good at planning that's for sure none of us we need to kind of get a bit better at that but i don't know there's something really authentic about that and there's something um really nice about creating content in all of the ways that we create content um in a in a really present and timely way I kind of feel like you can feel it when someone's just scheduled something and it's just out there and it's a generic bit of wish wash Mm. I don't know I quite like I I'm all about the communication that goes back and forth between our community and ourselves and I don't think that you can have an authentic relationship if you're just scheduling shit and sending it out you need to be having a two-way conversation Mm. we create videos based on the chat that we have with our online program members that's right yeah, well said. Thanks, girl. Very well this said. This beer is like making me more eloquent. <laughs> That's what beer is for. <laughs> um, before I ask the next question, the question I well, I put it out there to my followers because um, I've got so many. And <laughs> You've got the most. They wanted to. I asked them any questions they'd want to um, for me to ask you guys. And before I ask that question. I want to touch on something Tori um, and yourself do very, very well, and that is communicate, and I said that before. But another thing Tori said to me in the past when I had a fight with Brett, and again, we're not a couple that really – we have plenty of disagreements. You know, parenting together brings out your frustrations. Um, I'm not painting, you know, with the the perfect couple, but um, I'm pretty fucking lucky that we have a very – stable relationship. Um, But something that really stuck into my head with Tori was when I had a fight with Brett and you said to me, and I was pretty upset about it because we don't fight often. And when we do, I'm like traumatized from it. 
Um, and he said to me, every fight is an opportunity to build. It's an opportunity to learn from each other and just an opportunity to kind of start a, a new kind of behaviour pattern from scratch. And set boundaries. And set boundaries. What the followers wanted to know was how do you guys, like, A, what do you, I suppose, I'm not going to use the word fight because you don't fight, but what do you argue about? What do you disagree about? And how do you resolve that kind of, I guess, conflict or disagreement? I think we don't disagree a lot. And I think actually what we do really well is we discuss things at the very start of whatever the bother is. So we don't get to fight stage. It's like, hey, this is starting to make me feel annoyed before it even gets there. Um, I think we do that. Um, I don't really know if there's themes of things that we disagree about. It's honestly just a constant back and forth. And I think being able to, particularly because we're business partners, you have to be able to have constructive criticism and um, being able to but basically like – you know, it can be really easy to take things personally, particularly when you're in my role of the business. Like mm. constructive criticism for Chris is like it's all about numbers and strategy and that's not really personal. But for me, like with creative and stuff, like I'll create a series of ads or a series of artwork and Chris will come back and be like, I want you to change this and I want you to change that. And at the start, I found it that I really had to swallow my ego and then it's take your on, business too take like you on the started edits. the whole thing no but i mean you're just trying to make it better right when you remember mm. that you're just trying to make it better and now i love the back and forth i'm like tell me what you want me to change because ultimately like we're all on the same fucking team here right um and what's been created since that has been such a game changer in terms of like our marketing and our advertising and all of our artwork like, you know, the Instagram from what it was when and, – and that's, you know, that has to do with growth in general, but from before Chris came on board to, to now. Yeah, you've got a great marketing eye. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's just – that's also just having multiple people, you know, like you create something, Beck and I both look bloody at bloody praise. Yeah, fine. I'll, <laughs> I'll take a bit. But but it's also is just purely – if it's just you, you're like, I like that, out yeah. it goes. Whereas if True. you have two other business partners, they go, that's terrible. Or somewhere in between, that's terrible and that's great, and you make it better. Um, um, but but to, to answer your question, I we don't disagree a lot. Um, I don't think there's common like themes of things that we argue about. It's usually it's it's just the classic like if we're underslept. Yeah. If if business is going badly as well, you know, when you make heaps of money that week and you get a good sleep, <laughs> there's no argument. But it all does blur into one if you're a bit tired because of the baby or whatever or We're hungover. We're good at calling each other out. Like if Chris does something, I'll be like, hey, like we need to make sure that we do X, Y, Z. And, and Chris will do that back to me. Like I think we hold each other accountable quite well. Um, but also I think one thing that stops us having big fights is there's just we both laugh and play a lot together. So something will happen that like, you know, Chris will do something that I've told him a thousand times annoys me, but then when I remind him about it, he'll do something that he knows will make me laugh. And then it's kind of like that moment of you're like, well, life is so short. Am I really going to be pissed off with him because 100%. of you know the element? No, I'm not. Sometimes if she starts calling me out or something, I just start laughing during it. <laughs> really? Like if she's getting annoyed, I just start chuckling. Yeah, you've always been one to um, the class. I think I use this as a pet peeve about um, partners not coming home from the pub when they say. They're going to come home from the um, <laughs> from the pub. Yeah. Um, but Chris has always taught me, like, your, your wise one has always taught me, uh, <laughs> just tell the man, like, don't don't buttercoat. What is it? Don't sugarcoat. Don't sugarcoat or, or make them try and guess what you want. Just tell them. Yeah. Like, you don't want. To, Absolutely. Yeah. But exactly. I'm a terrible offender of what you were just talking about. <laughs> being like, I'm about to leave. One more beer. One Brett's more having beer, one more beer. And then beer. seven hours later, I'm like, babe, I said I was about to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be Just say you're coming home in seven hours. Yeah. That's what I've learned. That's good. Well, guys, I have a little game. Um, I fucking love games. <laughs> so I'm excited for this. Yes. I sent, <laughs> I sent Tori and Chris five questions each. Um, and they have sent me back their answers. So I'm going to ask Chris first uh, the questions and I want you to guess what Tori would have said. So Chris answers, Tori answers. Okay. Who is Tori's celebrity crush? 
It's got to be Hemsworth or Bradley Cooper. Oh, fuck, I forgot Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Tick. She had Chris Hemsworth and Ryan Gosling and Stanley Tucci. (laughs) So I love him. He's a crush, though. I do. He's like a nice uncle. She said, in quote, for his vibe and skill and heart. He's an amazing actor. Um, He's into food. Everything that he does I want to watch and I want to read and I would definitely classify that as a crush and I would not kick him out of bed because he seems so adoring and who doesn't want to be adored? The other one I should have said is Jamie Oliver. Oh, my God, Jamie. Tori, like, weirdly wants to run away with Jamie Oliver. <laughs> oh, I can imagine why. A, he, past part, obsession. Yeah, but what else he got? That's I think he'd be a good lover. Life. No, he looks like he's into it. Like, he would be into it in bed. I think a man that can cook is passionate. Passionate. So, I just think he'd be I really – I think he would be very enthusiastic in the bedroom. Yeah. And that sounds fun. Pastor <laughs> in the – I mean, you know, I get that with you too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Um, what was Tori wearing the first time you met? Not saw her, met. I mentioned – well, we met the first time I saw her, I guess, oh, when, yeah. when, I, when I walked in. Well, I mentioned a hat. It was kind of like one of those – sort of puffy golfer hat things the girls wear. I don't know what they're called. Uh, I think you were wearing a, like a leather vest thing with tassels. <laughs> Probably. Not a vest. You know what I mean? Like a like a, but, like like a, a singlet, midriff. like a leather singlet top with buttons and oh, tassels. Oh, no, I remember the one. It was corduroy. It was a vest. It was like a vintage corduroy oh. button-up vest, the kind of thing that you can only wear when you're 23 and not carrying any weight. And then, like, a very low-slung pair of jeans with a thick yeah. leather belt. Yeah. I just answered your question for you. Sorry. Yeah, whoops. Thanks. <laughs> no, but I, I, at least I remembered a top You that, did say that it was existed. a very Coyote bar manager vibe. Coyote, yeah, I think, yeah. I would definitely describe it as that. What is Tori's favourite physical feature of you? Either my height or my shoulders. <laughs> Height and shoulders and nether regions. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't have gone there. She's reading the answers that I've typed out. Why would we not go there? This podcast is all about TMI. It's Are totally fine there? to be open. <laughs> yes, we've heard all about the nether regions. Um, what are three words Tori would use to – wait. What are three words you would use to describe Tori? Um. I didn't think about my answer for this. Three words, three words to describe you. You're funny, you're passionate, and just gorgeous. Aww. That was nicer than what I assumed you would say. What she wrote excitable <laughs> slash manic. <laughs> you're definitely manic. I should have said that. Fun and weird. Hmm. I think those are from my vows, the ones you just said. Tori is very like the – she definitely has part of the manic part of bipolar <laughs> and like just freaks out and works for six hours straight on something manic, yeah. until it's done. There's definitely a little bit of manic. I get the in up there. without the down. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, I find it hard to control the, the up. I'll get the down with fatigue, but my mood isn't down. Yeah, you're not a you don't I'm get not the a depression side of of being bipolar, but you still you definitely get some mania. I do find it hard to stop sometimes. I, I recognise that in myself now. You've gotten a lot better. Yeah. You haven't had a choice when you have a baby. Um, is Tori more of a stuff it, I'm doing it, or a well, let me think about it first type? Absolutely the first one. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Tori does – Tori. I tell Tori not to do things until either myself or Beck or someone has just – Checked it. Most of the time it's been sent and posted. And then it's done. And then she's like, it's done. It's it's already done. It's fine. It's fine. Like your first lease. (laughs) Yes, we've discussed this lease. But look where it led, people. Yeah, we wouldn't be here without. without I was talking to someone about that this morning. That's one of the main reasons Peaches is where it is today is because Tori just throws caution to the wind and goes for it. Yeah. Well done, babe. All right. So, T, you are up next. Who is Chris's celebrity crush? Oh, easy. Jennifer Anderson and Margot Robbie. Wow. Jennifer Aniston for most of your life, you say, but Margot Robbie now. And you said Tori will say Jen. (laughs) But she said both because she knows you. I love Jennifer Aniston. He loves her. Is it the whole girl next door? Jen, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's like Jen for you, Jamie for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was Chris wearing the first time you guys met? Oh, shit. Um, oh, I feel know. like girls never remember. Just probably like a grey T-shirt and a pair of jeans. I don't know. Yeah. Black jeans and a T-shirt, but I don't really remember. Yeah. No Stand- idea. Standard guy response. <laughs> <laughs> what is Chris's favourite physical feature of you? Um, probably my eyes, I think. Anything else? Bum? Bum bum? Boobs. Boobs, really? I guess now that I'm breastfeeding. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've always had great boobs. Thanks, girl. Mm. Boobs are nice. That's what I said. Yeah. Yes, you did. Um, What are three words Chris would use to, you would use to describe? No, wait. What Chris would, you would use to describe Chris? There it is. Oh, um, okay. I think you've stuffed that question up. But anyway, anyway, go with it. Did he say what he thought I would say? What would you use to describe me? Okay, yeah. Um, I did stuff that one up, didn't I? Loyal. Very loyal. Like, will not bitch. Um, um, Sexy. You got that one. (laughs) I knew you'd say sexy. You are so sexy. And fun. Just so fun. You're very intelligent. Sorry, I thought maybe in the context of this chat, you might. You, know, you are intelligent. I'll take fun. Fun's better. <laughs> Rather be fun. Uh, um, is Chris more of a stuff that I'm doing it? Oh my or? god! Have you met him? He's my smasher. He's gonna yeah. say, "Let me think about it. Let me double check. Let me get the bloody measuring tape around to it." Though I was like, about to say, always. I have a new term with the pumpkins. Yes, I think I'm a pumpkin. Aside from being a pumpkin smasher, I think I'm a pumpkin grower. Oh yeah, I'm over here watering my little pumpkins. And and it just takes me a while for them to, you know, come to picking time. Oh, that's cute. And sometimes you take my pumpkins and start throwing them around. <laughs> Before they've grown. Yeah, and then I have to either catch them or smash them. And then I'm back planting them. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, we're the pumpkin patch, aren't we? Um, all right. Let's finish off how we always do. With an FFA moment, a feel fucking awesome moment. Again, I'm going to keep it in theme of you two today. Um, what's something that Tori has done for you, past, present, she might do it in the future, um, hint, hint, that has made you feel fucking awesome? Are we allowed to make requests for FFA now? Go for it. <laughs> I, I wasn't actually really thinking about Tori when I wrote my one down. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Yours was Christmas, wasn't well, it? Mine's just Christmas. Christmas. I just yeah. fucking love Christmas. He's so I'm, sentimental. It's And actually, the fact that Tori does too is probably the answer. Like, we today is December 1st. From today, we start watching every Christmas movie that Aww. exists for the rest of the month. We watch Love Actually on, like, Christmas Eve every year. And Chris is basically like... ragu, don't you? Isn't there, like, a tradition? We'll have pasta always. We're, we're about to move, so the tree's not up, so I'm a bit depressed it's about hard. that. But it's hard not usually, that tree. But like, we go hard on christmas from about now usually for my birthday which is about 10 days ago chris is basically just walking around with water in his eyes all december <laughs> brett calls me the grinch <laughs> i'm like in You've the shop better i'm like in maya like loving the christmas songs they play on repeat and like See, all the I decorations love the christmas vibe i hate the bloody christmas commitments that's why he calls me the grinch because i'm just like too much i just want to enjoy christmas in a little bubble I love Christmas everything bubble. about it. That comes from you coming from a small family and him coming from a massive Italian Yeah, that's family. true. You've got that fatigue. Yeah, it's Christmas 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Love you, Sanos. <laughs> 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 All right, T, um, you can make a request if you like. <laughs> I like how you were like, could be something in the future. I'm like, is that really the premise of this? But anyway, we'll add it to What would make um, me feel awesome? <laughs> I just had a little moment in the office earlier before we started recording um and Chris was holding Izzy and she was babbling and giggling away and um me Beck and Alicia who we share our office with who we are going to have on the podcast by the way so stay tuned for more on Alicia she'll be good um I just we were kind of like looking over at her and laughing and I just couldn't help but think like oh my god like there were so many times that I was sat here just like wishing I was pregnant and then there were so many times that I was sat here with my blue bowl (laughs) spewing because I was pregnant and it just is a real pinch me moment that she's here now and um, I don't know I just couldn't help but think to myself like 
we're su- we're a family business, you know, and we're all just trying to sort of look at, look after each other while being able to make some kind of living. And um, I guess I'm just quite proud of the way that we are managing the juggle and, you know, employees like Tia is walking easy right now and, and walking her to sleep and that is really above and beyond her job description. She but loves it. But yeah. she's so happy to do it and it's because we're a family. And We've um, always... Yeah. Um, always promised each other that business never comes first we all come first yes we are each other's priority yeah and that's been I mean it started with you and I to a point where it's kind of a little bit sickening I made you a promise (laughs) I said I will never choose money or business over you yeah and I think that's really stuck through and it shines through you know we always put each other first. Mm. Well, um, guys, thanks for joining me on my podcast today. Thanks for having us. <laughs> this was beer. fun. And um, I think we should have a couple of beers in a couple of weeks' time and do this again. Yeah. I think it should just be a pet peeve um, episode, actually. Yeah, we just go back and forth. Back and forth, back <laughs> Like and a forth. therapy room <laughs> and, yeah. just, and then get back to, back to work. Go on, what's one more pet peeve? What's another thing that I You do? have to bring it up. Which one? When, like, you're trying – so he's a pet peeve that makes me laugh all the time is where you ask him what he wants for dinner oh, and yeah. then he will be like, really, would, I'd like some Thai. I, I feel like having Thai. But then by the time, like, anything's done, you've ordered pizza. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, you, you're a weird, like, <laughs> manipulator. You're like, babe, what do you want for dinner? And I say what I want and then I'm halfway through something else, like, literally eating it. I'm like, how did I get here? That's not what I said. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you should never ask anybody what they you should want just, to eat. Yeah. But like, I know what's best. When, <laughs> Brett always picks it up when we go to a restaurant. He's like, I'm not going to pick up the menu this time because Tori picks up the menu and he goes, she goes, do you know what I feel like? Do you feel like that? Like, she, yes, yeah, that's and you exactly don't, what You she don't does. feel like that, but by the end of it, you're like, oh, yeah, I think I feel like that. You're a master saleswoman. <laughs> Well, in my defence, can I just say that we went out to dinner with our friend Brett not that long ago, the other Brett, not your Brett, and he ordered something which I advised him against. I said, that won't be good. That is a white-based pizza. You're not going to be happy with it. And at the end he said, I should have just ordered exactly what you ordered. And I was like, I know. You do know your food. Knowing Brett, though, not your Brett, that's he, he would have he would have to order that when you told him not to. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us and we will see you or you'll hear from us in the next episode. Every time. What's next? Um, (laughs) Well, this episode isn't going to be released in order. Oh, yes. We don't know yet. We don't know what's coming, but we hope you I've ruined the sign off. We're really bad at signing off. We're signing off. See you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs)